0: Hola, and welcome to the Align podcast with Audrey. Get ready to go behind the scenes and uncover the secrets of what it takes to become an exceptional woman. Join me as we dive deep into the nitty gritty of daily practices that build the foundation for success and happiness. From faith to fitness, mindset work to daily disciplines, we'll explore it all. This podcast is specifically designed for women who are ready to unlock their true potential. So grab your favorite drink, get comfy, and let's embark on this journey together uncovering the real day-to-day practices that shape extraordinary women. So my guest today is a woman that I stalked (laughs) for a little bit. (laughs) I stumbled upon her page because I saw her going live with another account. And as she started telling her story, I'm like, wow, that's so similar to the way I grew up. And something that I love about her page is that she has on her bio Life with Christ is a Wonderful Adventure by the great JP2. And she says, Here is a glimpse of mine. And as you look through her page, you see a woman who is living fully alive in Christ. And I want to know all about that. Mari Pablo, welcome to the Aligned Podcast with Audrey.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a really cool thing to finally be here. So thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for your time. And something that I find really cool is that I have also been following your sister for a very Mm -hmm. long time. My followers know that I started out in the music industry, so I'm still like very interested in that world. And your sister is Clara Pablo, who is Mm
1: -hmm. a rock star, (laughs)
0: Yeah, a total (laughs) rock star. But but so are you. And I love that you can see how Christ gives us this full life. Mm hmm with all of our interests. So I'll let you take it away. Tell us about yourself, how you were raised, what you're everything. I want to hear everything.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Um, I laugh. So I have, we're three girls. So it's me and my two sisters. Um, We are, we look a lot alike. People think we're triplets, Um, but we're very, very different. Our interests are very different, uh, but we're very successful, like in our lane. Right. So mm-hmm. Clara is the manager of Maluma and what was CNCO and she's like in full on just like breast cancer survivor and she's just incredible, you know. Um, My middle sister is the one that's the mother of my niece and nephew who we're obsessed with. So um, if you ask me and Clara, she's our favorite because she gives us the niece and nephew. (laughs) Um, And she's incredible and is like the head of global like HR, human resources for this like giant company. And wow. then I am like speaking and traveling and consulting parish university. So we're all so different. And I don't think we fully understand what the other person does, but <laughs> we support each other and we're there for each other. And we're so proud of each other, which I think is really beautiful. Um, we grew up in a charismatic household. So my family's Dominican and Palestinian. So both my parents... Are Dominican and Palestinian, which is kind of cool. So like, really? My yeah. So my, my mom and dad, de la Romana, is at Domingo, but like they knew their families knew each other in Bethlehem, like where my family's from. Wow. And like yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of super cool. Um, and then when they got to Dominican Republic, they got involved in la comunidad Cielo de Cristo Vivo with el Padre Minero Tardif, mm-hmm. which is an awesome charismatic, um, non organization the founder of our community is like on his way to be a saint, which is super cool. Um, So we grew up when my family moved to Miami, my parents were the founders of this community in America. So we grew up going to conferences, like 10,000 people, you know, my dad and her father would be on stage or just like praying and be like, now there's someone in a wheelchair, just get up and start walking. And we were like, all right, there's another miracle. (laughs) But like, we thought it was the norm. It wasn't until I'd go back to school that people i was like oh yeah i saw someone who went to just get up and start walking and they would look at me really weird mm-hmm. That i was like maybe this isn't as normal as i think it is because for me it was like it's in the bible and it's the god of like our church is the same god so why are we shocked by this but mm-hmm. yeah so my sisters and i were like the preacher's kids growing up you know um, which was good and bad. Like it has his, his blessings and challenges. And we all had to make a decision to like follow the Lord on our own. Right. There's yes. like a moment, Hispanics, especially we're, we're very culturally Catholic, right? We got mm-hmm. Mary and Jesus everywhere. We got our rosaries everywhere. But if you don't decide to enter into like a personal relationship and talk to Jesus yourself, because you want to, you're not going to really understand how great our church is, you know? Absolutely. And it's, it's not, it's not going to make a big of a difference. So Long story short, for me, there were like two big moments. My childhood was spent in a hospital. I've had 13 ear surgeries and I almost died when I was eight. Um, so that's when I started really like talking to Jesus on my own and praying to the Holy Spirit on my own at a young age. And then, you know, Miami high school is a little complicated, lived a double life for a while. Uh, and then college is when I went all in after serving at a camp in Georgia, um, specifically through confession and adoration. Mm-hmm. Um this priest, man, and I, I don't even know who this priest was, which is funny. This priest was so bold and we did an activity where everyone was like crying. And I, my, my coping mechanism is like a lot of people are crying. I want to laugh. I feel very uncomfortable. It's like really bad. So, I get that. I get that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really bad, Audrey. It's really bad. <laughs> so I left and I was like, I'm just going to go to confession because I go to confession all the time. Like get me out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, my sins like usual. And the priest looked at me and he said, why do you commit the sins that you commit? And I was I was pissed. I was like, why do you care? And I told him that. And he was like, would you want your future daughter doing those things? And I said, absolutely not. I would ground her. And he said, well, if it's not good enough for her, why is it good enough for you? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I left super upset and wanting to like punch him. Um, But it started this journey of like, well, what is the life that I'm living in? What do I want to change? And then two days later in adoration, the Lord totally just like transformed my life and adoration. I mean, the Eucharist guys, it really is Jesus. Um, And in the presence of the Eucharist, I was just looking at him and I was like kind of arguing with Jesus, like, Lord, I'm good. Like, I'm not a horrible person, you know? And the same priest looked at me and he said, stop fighting and surrender. And as I looked at the Eucharist, which I knew was Jesus, um, I just felt my heart just like all the walls just kind of crashed down. And I finally like decided to give everything to him. And that was 15 years ago, which is insane. And from there, it's not a moment that you're like, I said yes to Jesus once and then everything's been great. Like I have to say yes to Jesus every single day of my life. Um, and it's been like it says on my Instagram, it's been a journey, like positive and negatives. And he's taking me places that I never thought possible and, his plans, like, I'm I'm in awe of what he's doing, you know, the good and the bad. It's just all crazy. And yeah, that's a little bit, a five-minute version of my life.
0: Wow, I'm just like in awe. Like, I want to be able to go back to your upbringing because I can relate so much. My family moved to the Dominican Republic after my parents had their reversion to their faith. Crazy reversion. Yeah. Big story. I'm going to have my dad on one day to talk about it. Oh, yeah. he actually got involved with El padre Tardif. Mm-hmm. we have he has like a picture of him in his office oh. so that's what caught my attention about your story and i grew yeah. up the same way charismatic that we had prayer groups in my house and to me it was mm-hmm. so normal and my father's a deacon now so it's like you know you know like the jesus freak yeah. in my school and there's so much of um well you have that faith because your parents instilled it in you mm-hmm. And like you said, it, you have to really take a stand for what you believe and claim that relationship with Jesus for yourself, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just because it's the way that you were raised. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said that so much happened in adoration and with confession, because unfortunately, it's like the sacrament of confession is something that we don't take advantage of enough. Mm-hmm. Enough. mm-hmm. And I know shame or even like doubt, like what, what is another man going to say to me that yeah. God can't do in me directly?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But if that priest never called you out in that moment and in love, right, you were triggered because they spoke to you in the center of your heart that this is true.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. When I got into my faith, this might be what to say, I, I questioned everything the church says and does. And I started searching for the answers myself because I wanted, again, growing up Hispanic, many times parents are like, well, you ask, why does it, why do we do this? And why do we do that? And they're like, because God said so. Aww. And you're like, okay, but why? Right? So I studied theology and psychology at Franciscan University in Steubenville. And I started questioning and deep diving into everything. And the more that I searched for, the more that I was like, God, with the sacraments and with the commandments... He's really caring for our 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 own hearts and our own mental health. Like yes. I taught morality to high schoolers for eight years. And I would say, let's put Jesus aside. How does this make sense psychologically and rationally? Mm-hmm. And it does, right? Like confession is so brilliant for our mental health. Like God, it's so, <laughs> not like seriously, just think yes. about this for a second. Like, yes, you know, you can talk to Jesus. Yes, you're right. But God is so smart and he knows that we as humans are tangible people. Mm -hmm. And so the sacraments are like opportunities for tangibleness, right? Like he makes himself present in a piece of bread because he Mm -hmm. knows that we need to physically see him. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. in confession, yeah, we can just say, sorry, but in confession, we're taking time to examine, we're listing out the things that we've done wrong We're vocalizing it, like saying it out loud, which psychologically is already bringing a a bunch of freedom. Someone physically is looking at you, standing as a person of Christ in Persona Christi, is looking at you and is saying the words like, I forgive, like I absolve you of your sins. Like, I forgive you. Go and sin no more. And then we get graces to not sin again. Like, I understand that. Yes, you're right. It's it can be scary. And a lot of people think that the priests are gonna like judge them, which they're not because they've heard way worse first of all, and they can't say anything that you say because they'll literally be excommunicated and fired forever. So like you know, but mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. Like the sacraments are so beautiful, and I think the more that we dive into the why, the more we get the beauty. You know,
0: it's it's crazy because every time I've gone to confession, it's it's such a. Um... A crazy experience because before walking into the confessional, you're like, oh, so nervous. Like, do I really have to do this? Do I really? I should just leave. I'm okay. I'm actually okay. You know what? I think next week is so much better yeah. for me to come back. Right. And then you you go in and I've, I've cried probably mm-hmm. at every confession because I feel so much like the love and grace of God mm-hmm. in that moment. And I think to the outside world, it feels like, I'm. why am I going to go in there to be judged? But it's really such an experience of love.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. God's good. The end. Yes,
0: he is. So <laughs> I want to be able to go into a little bit. I've seen a lot of the talks that you've given. And there is this idea that when we grow closer to Jesus, all of a sudden things are great. We're really joyful. Everything's perfect. But that really has not been your life
1: no. at all. Mm. Or I mean, just look at the saints. I don't feel like I can think of one who had a perfect. Life. Not
0: at all. Yeah. Or, or Christ Himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's Christ a himself. one of my favorite Bible verses, and I don't even know why this is one of my. This has been one of my favorite Bible verses since I was in like high school, which is funny. Sirach two. If you're going to serve the Lord prepare awesome. yourself for times of trial and tribulation for gold is tested in fire in the furnace of humiliation cling to him with like your whole heart and he will direct your paths. And I'm like, yeah, you know, um, I don't think it would make sense for life with Christ or following Jesus to be perfect because just look at his life, right? Like we're, we're the religion, you know, the Catholic church, we, We have like crosses everywhere, crucifixes everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that like killed God. And like he literally shows us that suffering can be beautiful and can turn something to something beautiful. Um, We don't run away from suffering. Like he talks about it. We embrace it. And he talks about how it can be redemptive, right? Like there is no Easter Sunday without Good Friday. Um, So yeah, that's been something that, I loved saying yes to the Lord in 2009, and it was like the beginning of everything. Um, but I mean, my childhood was spent in a hospital. I almost died. That was a lot of trauma and a lot of situations. And then, um, I mean, just look at the last five years. Um, I've lost 10 of my friends to cancer. Um, I've seen my friend's children pass away. My sister was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and then literally two weeks ago, my godson, um, two and a half years old, died um, from a genetic condition. And that was, he has, there's four. So my friends have four siblings in heaven, um, four children in heaven. So it's, it's a lot. And, you know, I've I've probably gone through the worst two months of my life in the past two months. So yeah, no, there's going to be suffering and there's going to be pain and it's hard. And I think that's why I, not that i love talking about it but i feel like what you're saying is true like people are like you know jesus so everything's gonna be random and butterflies yeah, and i'm like, like what he's Bible going to fix it all <laughs> which bible are you reading because like i'm sorry the stories in the bible are intense and they're very there's a lot of stuff going on there you know mm-hmm. um so yeah my life has been challenging and there has been a lot but God has the difference is like when you have faith and when you know the Lord, you know that you're not alone in it. Right. So like God has been with me through all of it. Um, and he has been my I, I don't know what I would do. Like I've gone to adoration the past two months every single day for at least 30 minutes because I'm like, I just need more of you. And I think we can I still have joy. Right. Like because joy is a gift that no one can take and it only come from God. But just because you have joy doesn't mean you're always happy. You know, like there's moments that I'm not happy, but I you still said, know the Lord, you know, yeah.
0: I saw in a devotional that you did this week for Ascent in and the Ascension app, where you said that sometimes you're even in your car outside the mm-hmm. Adoration Chapel, like making yourself go in. And that's such a real thing because it, it's not easy. I want to hear more about, how you maintain this relationship with Christ? What does this actually look like for you on a daily basis? Because the grief that's hit you is very heavy. How do you cope with it? How do you truly invite Christ into that?
1: You just answered it. I invite Christ into it. like I recognize it, right? So one, I recognize that it's a lot and I recognize that I'm upset and I recognize that it's painful and i tell him that lord yeah. this sucks you know like i think sometimes and one of my like my closest friends are the ones that will tell me Mighty, this is really hard or this sucks the ones that are already try to like flower it like god's got me. i'm like i know god's got me can we just recognize for a second though that this sucks like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like don't be afraid to recognize that it's hard and then i go to the lord and i invite him in like okay god i'm here sometimes I'm here and I'm open and I'm like praising him and I'm like glorifying him. And sometimes I'm here and I'm, and I'm pissed off and I don't really want to talk to you right now, but I'm just going to sit in my corner and just look at you and maybe we'll talk in a little bit. You know what I mean? But it's like in um i I'm not married, but it's like in a marriage, right? Like every day you have to choose to love your spouse. That's a daily decision. It's every single day you have to choose to be open to them. You have to choose to talk to them because if you don't talk to them every day, then you're going to start drifting apart and you're going to go elsewhere and you're going to cause friction. Like God is the ultimate number one, right? Even if you're married, like God needs to be first. And so every day I have to choose to love him. And every day I have to choose to say yes to him. And there are days that are easier than others. But like like Peter says, where else am I going to go? Like I know that God is real and I know that he is it. And I don't even want to think about my life without him for like a second because that's not I've seen what he can do and the healing that he's doing in my heart and I'm currently in therapy and like dealing with PTSD and dealing with a lot of different difficult pain you know and I'm so grateful for counseling but I go to a Catholic counselor that also knows my faith you know and I have a spiritual director too because like the Lord has so much to do in me and I'm still a work in progress and I know I'm never going to have it all together until heaven, probably after purgatory. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but there's beauty in that. It means that I'm always going to need Jesus and my heart is always going to need him. So how do I do it? Man, grace. Like, like,
0: what does a typical day look like for you?
1: How do you structure grace. your prayer life? Yeah. So I wish I could tell you that I'm like every day at 6 p.m. I go, I don't. I'm sorry. I If you're listening and you can do that, please do it. My personality just and my life, I travel a lot. So I, it's hard to have that kind of structure. Um, I wake up. I have a chill morning. I love chill mornings. Oh. I say hi to Jesus in the morning. God, I give you my day, et cetera, et cetera. Get to work. The usual. In the afternoon, I've been doing daily adoration. So I kind of look at my schedule. Um, and I'll make sure I have, I avoid traffic because I live in Miami. And traffic is horrible. Thank you. Oh. Um, and then oh. I make sure that I go for half an hour. Uh, And then I do a mile or two walk around my neighborhood and I pray a rosary while I do that. Um, And that I started about a month ago. And then I talk to, I have really, 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 really good friends. Community people, if you don't have community of people that like know Jesus and want to help you get to heaven, we really need that because that's huge. So talk to my best friend every day and almost every day and like really talk about the things that I want to grow in. And she's also my accountability partner. So like, what are these areas that we want to grow in and how are we going to do that? So it's just little things. If you can do, uh, I'm going to wake up every morning. The first thing I'm going to do is pray. Please do that. I'm just such a horrible morning person that I would fall asleep. (laughs) And I know that about myself, but that's okay. So yeah, that's kind of like what my life looks like now. If I'm traveling, my adoration becomes um, my plane time because I love Mm -hmm. praying on planes. And if I can't get to an adoration chapel at all, I do virtual adoration.
0: Where do you go for that? I've actually never thought to do that.
1: YouTube literally just put live adoration. And like there's a couple of chapels, including my church, that just has it all the time.
0: So I know you're involved with the Eucharistic Revival. I am. So it's something yeah. like seventy percent of Catholics don't believe that Jesus is present in the, in the true Eucharist. presence. Yeah. yeah, that for me, I mean, there's so many reasons I'm Catholic, but Jesus, Jesus's true presence in the in the Eucharist is the number one reason I'm Catholic. Yeah, I I have this story of when um I used to work in the music industry. Our mm-hmm. office was in the meatpacking district, and It didn't open till 10 o'clock, but because of the Long Island Railroad, I would get there like at 845. There wasn't another train. So I had all this time. And there was Our Lady of Guadalupe right by there. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I think I was mad at God for things like some, like maybe it didn't work out with a boyfriend. And, you know, you go through these periods where you're like mad and you don't really talk to him much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I decided to sit in the church. And at first it wasn't There was no conversation. I was just sitting there to kill time, looking at the watch and like wanting to go back to the office. And then little by little, I just felt him calling to my heart Mm. and I started praying Mm -hmm. and spending that time with him. Mm. One day I'm on the, I'm on the train on the way to the city and it, I felt like my heart was going to come out of my chest. Mm. It was like, you know, like when, when you have your first love. Mm-hmm. And you can't wait to see him. And you're just like getting ready for that. I had this crazy anticipation and I just, i must have looked so antsy on the train. I run out of the train, run through the subway, come running up the street. I go up the church steps. And the moment that I opened the door and like the, the smell of the incense hit me and everything, I gave out the biggest sigh. Mm-hmm. Anyone that must have been there. Must have thought I was crazy but I just felt like the tears were streaming down I just felt like my love I'm here and you're here mm-hmm. and like I'm tearing up right now because it just makes me so sad sometimes when there's he's there and there's so many churches that are like empty during the day
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and he's literally there waiting for us mm-hmm. to be in his presence to just fill us with his love and give us so much
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: i'm really passionate about this that people discover everything that he has for us Mm -hmm. in his presence
1: Mm. that's beautiful right because you were open to it you had an inkling like the holy spirit put that on your heart and then you went with it like that's huge that's beautiful i love when the lord does that but i also love like that we say yes because you could have easily just been like I'm going crazy, or I don't got time, or whatever. You know what I mean. Right. But like the things that can happen when we just say yes is so beautiful. Yeah, adoration, man. Like, I know it's. It, I always think if I wasn't Catholic, this would sound so weird, right? Like, <laughs> he just makes himself present a piece of bread. Um, yeah. but he does, and like Eucharistic miracles always help with that to like understand, and the fact that it's always cardiac tissue. I have a massive devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and like the fact that all the like scientifically all the eucharistic miracles are cardiac tissue it just like Can you
0: like, talk about that because it's probably my audience has never heard me talk about that so can oh, you Oh yeah thank yeah. you
1: yeah so eucharistic miracles have been happening forever I mean centuries and centuries and centuries so there have been times that the eucharist which is like it looks like a piece of bread but we believe to be the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Um, and it, you know, Last Supper, right? Like he goes and he says in scripture, like, this is my body. He doesn't say this is a symbol of, he doesn't say, like, this is a representation. He says, This is my body. Um, and John 6, the Bread of Life Discourse, uh-huh. I think that really hones it in because he's like, yeah. People, love I him. am the bread of life. And people are like, Are you crazy? And he's like, <laughs> do you mean symbolically he's like no seriously gnaw at my flesh and they're like yeah the Um,
0: the translation of the word
1: yeah 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 that's that's when a lot of people leave because they thought they were like are you asking me to be a cannibal like you know whatever so john six love and the last supper i think are the two ones in scripture that are the most obvious um so throughout time obviously believing that jesus can make self present the eucharist can be a little challenging but God is so good that he reveals himself multiple times. And there's been, oh gosh, thousands of Eucharistic miracles where people, um, like the, the Eucharist starts bleeding, where the Eucharist turns into pieces of flesh, where people like saints, there's stories of saints that have lived off of eating, just consuming the Eucharist for years, just years. Um, so one of my favorites is probably Buenos Aires in 1990. Do you know about this one? This is probably the biggest one. So it happened under Jorge Bergoglio, which is Pope Francis mm-hmm. before he became Pope Francis. Oh, yes,
0: yes, I do know this. Yeah. Story,
1: yes. And someone um, had found the Eucharist in the back of the church, like on the floor. Hopefully it was a child that like made it, you know, like dropped it, it or something. Yeah. Um, so you're supposed to put the Eucharist in like a like water. And then it's supposed to disintegrate and then you're supposed to put it in a special sink in the back of the church that goes straight to the ground because we can't have Jesus like mixing up with the plumbing. You know what I mean? Right. Um. And so after a while, they noticed that it wasn't disintegrating. It was like turning into flesh. And they were like, what is going on? Um. And so they left it in water for a while. It kept growing and like started bleeding and crazy things started happening. So they decided to send a piece of it to this doctor in new york actually and he was one of the top doctors ever he was atheist they didn't tell him where it came from right they
0: didn't nobody knew
1: yeah they didn't say anything they were just like hey can you run some tests on this and the guy was like uh i think his name is castanera they ran like tests and he's like where did you get this from he starts freaking out and they're like why are you asking this he's like because this doesn't make any sense like Where'd it come from? How long has it been alive? He's like, calm down. He's like, so he finds out it's live cardiac tissue. Um, it has, still has like white blood cells. White blood cells are supposed to die after 24 hours. Just so you know, um, it comes from the part of the heart that like gives supply to everything else in the heart, like the blood supply to everything else. Uh, it you could tell that it like had been hurt because of all the white blood cells present, because that's present mm-hmm. when like pain has been present. And it's the blood type is AB, which is the same blood type as all Eucharistic miracles. Like Lanciano Italy. And I think the 16th century still had the same blood type, same DNA. It's insane. So when they told him, then they told him like, Hey, this comes from the Eucharist that was in water for like over a year. At that point, he was like, I'm sorry. What? So science people, again, I taught religion for a long time, Like, Science is, is not against the Catholic Church. Actually, it goes with it. You know, like mm-hmm. science and faith go together. And so the greatest scientists believe in God because science only takes you to like a certain point. Right. Then you get to like everything's created from the atom. And then it's like, well, who created the atom? Right. So mm-hmm. so he had a massive conversion and became Catholic wow. and actually travels now talking about. Like the Eucharist. So yeah, the Eucharist and um like learning about satanic masses also has helped me to understand the presence of the right,
0: Eucharist. because why do they go for it?
1: They literally <laughs> they enter our churches and will steal the Eucharist, which is why the Catholic Church has like people to watch mm-hmm. because they do horrible things to the host, to the consecrated host. But people that go to a satanic mass. It's, I find it interesting that they believe in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist more than most Catholics mm-hmm. because they believe in it so much they'll come and steal the host and do horrible things. And they know that they're doing it not to a piece of bread, but to God Himself, right? Like, it's just, yeah. If you're listening and you're doubtful, I invite you to actually just go to adoration. Yeah. Like, I
0: always and think just thinking to there. myself, I was thinking to myself, like, if I were to tell you, bad bunnies down the street droves and droves of people <laughs> there and I tell you God in the flesh
1: <laughs> yeah and people, it's like empty
0: yeah
1: yeah oh. it's long story th- the bottom line is like God is real and he loves you and he wants a relationship with you and that's it and he knows you're not going to be perfect because I'm not and he knows you're going to go through hard times because I am It's going to be there through all of it. And like that, our greatest desire as humans is to be seen, known, and loved. And like God sees us, he knows us, and he loves us. And our greatest fear is that if we're seen and known, we won't be loved. But that's a lie because the Lord like totally sees you. He knows you and he's madly in love with you. And there's nothing you can do that will like change that, right? Like, so if you're listening, I don't know where you are or what you're doing or I don't know who you are, but man, like, just start talking to Jesus. And I'm not saying do rosaries or Hail Mary's and our father. I'm saying like, hey, Jesus, what's up? This is where I'm at. I don't even know if you're there. Here's my heart. Help me out. You know, like those are the kind of prayers that we need to be having. The real ones.
0: That part yeah. that he's madly in love with you.
1: He is, dude. Like, Yeah.
0: I love having conversations like this because it's prayer also Mm -hmm. us united in Jesus. And so I am so grateful for you and your time. Uh, Something that I always ask my guests before they go is, well, you already told us about your morning routine. We love a soft morning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude, I don't do well. (laughs)
0: well. And you shared your favorite Bible verse, right? Mm -hmm. Sarah and can you talk Sirach to about
1: and, us Sirach 2 and Isaiah 43. Look that one up. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. it is. I'll
0: put it in the show notes. Um, what
1: book are you reading right now? Mm, I do not do well reading.
0: <laughs> just full disclosure. Nice
1: like- <laughs> I'm just like, I wish. <laughs> um, right now, I'm focusing on just really the daily Bible, ver- like the daily uh-huh. readings of the day with the Magnificat. Uh-huh. So I do that. That's my daily reading. And that's the most that I can handle right now. I have ADHD, um, and reading is just very challenging. So, little by little, but my I could tell you my favorite book. Yeah, what is which it? Which is Interior Freedom by Father Jacques Philippe. It has uh, transformed my life. So, that that's a favorite book, but I'm not reading right now, except the scriptures, and which is the
0: most important part of our day. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. thanks. Most important part of our day. I love it. Um that really opens up my mind so much because I'm the type of person that I'm like very disciplined and doing all of these things. But then like, if you go through Maddie's Instagram, you see her standing in crowds of thousands of people talking, flying all over the world and sharing her story, it's lifting Jesus. people up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's wild, huh? <laughs>
0: yeah. it's, it, it, like you said, it's an adventure.
1: It's God, man. God's funny. Yeah. So
0: what's the best way people can connect with you?
1: Uh, My website is madipablo.com. You can send, I have a section there that I can just, you can send me your prayer intentions and I can just pray for you. Um, And then Instagram. But I think I'd probably do better at responding on the website. (laughs) Yeah, but both, both. Instagram, uh, madipablo25. Thank you.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. If this touched you, which I know, I know it did, please share it with somebody. Like and subscribe to my podcast. God bless you. Please pray for me and I'll pray for you.